0: Into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. Reds fans, welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. It's a Monday. Happy Monday to you. I know most Mondays aren't happy for people, but hey, the beginning of a new week in which pitchers and catchers report. At the end of it, we're all very excited for that. I'm so excited, so glad that you're listening to today's show. On today's show, I want to look at the outfield. And, and, and more specifically, some interesting cases and just some thoughts. Because there's like a gajillion outfielders on the team. Anyway, we're going to get into all of that here in just a moment. Also, we're going to have some Today in Reds Awesomeness. Actually, the last segment of Today in Reds Awesomeness with me and Cam Miller. So definitely not going to want to miss that and before we get into all of that make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Now there's a couple of things to get to before we jump into all of that so let's talk about some news. The Los Angeles Dodgers acquired Mookie Betts over the weekend. Uh, Oh, wait. Uh, Didn't they already do that? Yes, they did. That's right. If you were following along at home, the uh, the Red Sox and Dodgers had a three-team trade that had sent Mookie Betts to Los Angeles and then... Over the course of the trade, the Red Sox got buyer's remorse, realizing that they weren't as happy with the return coming from Minnesota as they would have liked, so they reworked the deal. And the Dodgers sent Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, you might remember him. He was a former Red prospect, traded in the mega trade for Yasiel Puig, Kyle Farmer, and Alex Wood. But Jeter Downs also goes to... Boston and a catching prospect as well. And then the Dodgers send Kentamaeda to the Twins for the pitching prospect known as Grad Gratterall, the guy who was supposed to go to the Red Sox, but the Red Sox, they they weren't that happy about him. So, you know, whatever, he's going to Los Angeles. And then one other piece of the deal that was reworked, according to Ken Rosenthal over at The Athletic, is that the trade that would have sent Jock Peterson across town to the Angels is now off. So, They keep Jock Peterson and add Mookie Betts, so the Dodgers are pretending to be the Reds and having like a million outfielders? Ah, whatever. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. The other piece of news I wanted to look at was the Giants signed Billy Hamilton to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. They think that he can contend for their final roster spot, the 26th spot on the roster, be a late-inning defensive replacement and pinch-running guy Hey. That sounds familiar. That sounds like a plan that there's been a lot of Reds fans that wish they would have done with Billy Hamilton a couple of years ago. Uh, but we rest our case on that one. He is now a giant. We wish him all the best. He he may contend, I was reading something that said that he may contend for the left-handed uh, batters, uh, the left-handed spot in center field. He would compete against Steven Duggar. Uh, Steven Duggar actually kind of killed the Reds last year whenever he, they came to Cincinnati. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> the article that I read mentioned, it's like he's had 3,000 plate appearances now, and he still has an on-base percentage less than 300. Kind of a bummer. But oh, good old Billy, man. I still root for him. Still pulling for Billy. I swear to God, I'm smart. So today's focus, uh, we're, we're looking at the Reds outfield. Because here's the deal. There are 40 men on every major league team. There are 40 men on a roster, the 40-man roster. For the Reds, 10 of those are outfielders. That's right, 10. And if you read, if you subscribe to The Athletic and you read C. Trent's most recent roster prediction article that he had, he predicts that they will break camp and go into the regular season with six outfielders that's a lot of outfielders and the the fact that four of them don't make the roster it's just it just goes to show you how much they've got there the the interesting thing is they've got about three guys who would be great fourth outfield options you know we're looking at the other end of the platoon whoever's not playing between Jesse Winker and Phil Irvin you've got Aristides Aquino (laughs) and <laughs> depending on whatever the plan is with Nick Senzel, he might be the fourth outfielder as well. It's just hilarious because if you look at the roster, you have a bunch of guys, and I know Senzel played a decent amount in center field, but you have a bunch of guys that if you ask most projection people, the people that do those systems and such, the Reds have a bunch of corner outfielders. Now it's not to say that they have a bunch of Jesse Winkers. Shogo Akiyama and Nixon Zell have both played center field in the past and have the athleticism to play center field, but according to most projection systems, both of them don't profile as that good a defensive center fielder. And the fact that throughout the offseason the the message that we've gotten from the front office is that Shogo will play all outfield spots. He's not going to be just remainder to center field. Now here's the funny part. And and this is where I really get confused with the outfield is that we have not heard really anything about Nixon Zell. And maybe we will as camp works itself through and different things like that. And actually that, that reminds me of David Bell's comments. If you read those on MLB.com, they were talking to David Bell about the outfield and he's like, look, these, these things always work themselves out. He's like, the quote that he gave was just so full of like double negatives. It was hilarious. But he said, I've never seen it not work itself out. And he's right. I mean, this stuff literally tends to figure itself out. And he's like, you know, if if it gets interesting, then, Hey, that's a good problem to have. But I think I don't know what the deal is with Nick Senzel because reports are that Suarez will be ready to go close to the beginning of the season see Trent in his roster prediction article mentioned that that tells him that Swiles will open the season on the injured list, which is kind of a bummer because I, I was thinking he would miss the injured list, but whatever. So if he opens the season on the injured list and we're looking at some kind of platoon at second base of Josh van meter and Alex Blandino and whatever, and it's like, okay, we're playing, we're 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 looking at everyone to play second base except Nixon Zell, but we're not really sure where he plays in the outfield. So is he gonna play? I mean, he's gonna be on the roster, right? Well, he does have options. I don't know. I, I I don't want. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to see the Reds put him in AAA, and I don't think that they will. But the fact that he has options. And you're looking at the Rule 5 pick and Mark Payton, which I'm not saying Mark Payton is a more talented player than Nixon Zell. It's quite the opposite. But they would have to keep him or sell him back to the Giants or trade him. And then you've got Scott Schebler, who's out of options, who they continue to hold on the 40-man roster for some reason. And then you've also got my man Phil Irvin. Phil Irvin's got no options either. So whatever you decide to do with those three guys – you're going to have to clear them off the roster if they aren't on the roster for opening day. And Nick Senzel has options. I'm just saying, like it it, it doesn't seem like that is the plan, but it also wouldn't surprise me if that somehow... Because look, and, and here's the thing though, because that's not to belabor the Reds for this, they've obviously had a very good offseason for us to be at the point where we're wondering if Nick Zell's is even going to be part of the roster come opening day. That's how awesome this offseason has been, but at the same token, we're talking about the prince who was promised, the prospect of profound performance, and he may not be that big a deal for this team this year. I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing. Let me know. 513-549-0159 on the locked on Reds line what you think about that. But I, it's just this this outfield is going to be a constant thing to monitor throughout this entire spring train. It's going to be probably the number one storyline for the Reds going through. Kind of with an aside, it's like the outfield is one A, and then one B is just the singular story of Nixon Zell and what happens with him. It's going to be interesting. I want to jump into the last segment of today in Reds awesomeness with Cam Miller. I really appreciated the time I had talking with Cam about the Reds past World Series teams in hopes looking at a 2020 Reds World Series team. But actually, this segment, we don't talk about a World Series team necessarily. We just talk about the team that when Cam looks back on being a Reds fan, he thinks of this team as his favorite team. And it wasn't a World Series team. It was a good team, though. I think you'll enjoy this. But before we do that, first... Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 Major League teams all within a 50-mile radius of Greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, Arizona's known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training... Everyone is so laid back. You can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice, warm weather. If you're like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off, head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Reds podcast is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Reds fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, but a locked on. Podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Reds fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. In a world where baseball, is more than just a game. Where conies are the preferred mode of nourishment, there stands a team. And that team is so awesome, it requires two fans to encapsulate its awesomeness. It is time for today in Cincinnati Reds Awesomeness. All right. For one final segment here, we have been looking back on Reds Awesomeness. And just on this one, I kind of wanted to do a fun one with cam cam miller has been awesome doing all these segments with us talking about reds world series championship teams and in this segment i just wanted i just want to ask you look back what was your favorite team favorite reds team growing it doesn't necessarily have to be a world series team or anything like that but what is your favorite team uh looking back as a reds fan well this
1: one is easy for me and it's my it's my go-to stock answer and i uh, there's been championships. In my lifetime, the Reds won in 75. They won in 76. They won in 1990. But the 1987 Cincinnati Reds will forever be my favorite team. Nice. I was a young buck, uh, middle school, um, and I fell in love with a player, and his name was Tracy Donald Jones. For whatever reason, <laughs> Tracy Jones, this stocky, cocky, Hitting Machine out of California was going to save the day. I fell in love with his style in 1986 and couple him in left field with with Eric Davis and Paul O'Neill and um, Larkin. I mean, you're talking World Championship is, is in my dancing in my head in March of 87. <laughs> now, another reason why it's my favorite because I fell in love with this team because I got to see in person. This was the team – in 1990, I wasn't there in person. I was – in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But in 87, I got to ride my bikes to Riverfront Stadium and I got to go to these games nice. at Riverfront Stadium and I got to see it firsthand on a daily basis and get the Reds report and get the media guide and go to the 580 gift shop. I got to live, eat, sleep, and breathe Cincinnati Reds baseball in 1987. But my brother, Chet Miller, won a contest in April of 1987, an essay contest about why he liked the Reds. The Reds picked that winner, and we got four blue seats for opening day, got the ride in the opening day parade, got to meet Marge Shot, wow. So that set up the season for me. <laughs> so it was, that was <laughs> yeah. a no-brainer. I mean, I got to be – it was almost like I was a part of it. You felt like you're part of the team. Of course you're not a part of the team, but as a kid, you feel like you are. Right. We're at the 580 gift shop, Marge Shot is there, and she's given my brother this replica Reds uniform and an honorary contract. And, oh, by the way, here's four tickets to opening day which we go to, and it's freezing cold, and it's terrible, but it's opening day, and it's Riverfront stadium. And we get to see Barry Larkin, the hometown boy, hit a home run, and the Reds beat the Expos. I mean, you talk about a memory forever. So that set up that season for me. The Reds go on to win 11-5. to They dominate. Um, of course, they finish six games back. Of course, they didn't win the World Series. Of course, they fal- falter again, second place for the what, third straight year, second straight year. Mm-hmm. So they're already – they're already failing to meet the expectations. But for whatever reason, Tracy Jones being that new kid on the block that's going to be the next Ted Guszewski, Eric Davis is going to be the next Willie Mays, Barry Larkin is going to be the next A.B. Concepcion, that team will forever be embedded in me as my favorite red team of all time.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, just looking back, and he even had uh, Cal Daniels on that team, had his best year, and uh, Buddy Bell – yeah, Ron Oster, just that's a, a lot of great Reds names in there on that team. And, of course, uh, Bill Gullickson, a uh, well no, Oh, kidding. what a great pitcher. You talk about <laughs> an
1: underrated pitcher, man. That guy could throw. You talk about a gamer. And every time he pitched, I remember watching him on TV because, remember, back then you could only watch road games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't like today where every game was on TV. You only got to watch the road games because they didn't want to have the home games because they didn't want to lose out in the money of people going to the ballpark. So very rarely did you get to see a home game. So I remember him pitching one time in the Astrodome. I'm like, he was sweating bullets. Like, how is he sweating so much? It's like controlled <laughs> temperature. But it it looked like he was about ready to pass out. But I I'll never forget that. That's one of those memories that you always have. When you, I think of Bill Gollickson, a man on the mound sweating to death is my memory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Cam, I really appreciate your time doing all these different segments with me for looking back on Red's awesomeness. Uh, I know that you've got a lot of stuff going on with the Red's Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, Where else can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Camiller Films, and Facebook, the Camiller Films page, where a lot of my films are. I do a lot of things for the Reds, but I also do my own things. I do, I did a documentary on the Covington Blue Sox, which is a 1913 Federal League team that lasted nice. for a few months that took the city by storm. Um, the Covington Stars, the 1875 team. The reason why the Reds exist today is because of that Covington Stars team. So that's an interesting documentary if you want to learn about Reds' history. Um, and, of course, I do music and I do film compositions uh, for, for soundtracks for movies. I got a lot of hats on my head and <laughs> I'm always doing something. So you mostly on Twitter, I'm very active on Twitter. You'll see me posting pictures of old Cincinnati and baseball. And and my Facebook page, you'll see my videos, uh, my documentaries. And so you, sometimes I'll tease what I'm doing for the Reds Hall of Fame every now and then when I'm allowed to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, man, I, I appreciate you uh, being on the show, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again soon.
1: That would be fantastic. Jeff, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk Reds baseball
0: with you. Really enjoyed talking with Cam. I'm definitely going to have to get him on the uh, podcast again here soon. And like I mentioned, follow him on Twitter. Great Twitter follow. Old pictures. He's, he, has, he posts old videos of the Reds. Like He had a, a video of Ted Klazowski hitting a home run. That's awesome. Well worth your time following him that's going to do it for us here on today's show make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to today follow me on twitter at jeff garr with three f's and follow at locked on reds and save the locked on reds line number into your phone for questions comments reactions whatever you got 513-549-0159 you're not going to want to miss tomorrow i am speaking of talking to somebody we're going to have lance McAllister on the show again tomorrow talking all things reds for the locked on reds podcast my name is jeff garr I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.